Hey everyone, I'm Renee Bennett. Consider me the girl next door, having conversations that will help challenge and shape your worldview in a culture that has turned our moral compass upside down and inside out. To chat with me further, come join me on social media, girlnextdoor.podcast. No topics are off limits. I'm really glad you're here. Now, on to today's episode. Hello, and thank you guys so much for being with me. Thank you for coming on the very, uh, very beginning of the journey of a brand new collection that I'm doing called The Freedom Chronicles. I have got so much to say, so much, so much to be said right now about what is happening in our country, in our states, and just with all of us that call Australia home. Um, I don't know how many episodes this is going to continue to be, but I encourage you to share this far and wide. Um, You know, send it to people, send them a link, uh, share them the social media. I've got like a bit of an advert reel going up on social media, so be sure to share that as well. So of course, from the title, um, you can tell that I want to focus on freedom because there are so many things to be said around this issue. And the reason I want to focus on this is because out of all the noise going on right now from government, from media, from social media, the most important discussion is being lost. It's just being camouflaged in a sea of you know, um, arguments about other things. We're getting caught up fighting about vaccines and judging people when it comes to masks and complaining endlessly about lockdowns. And we are fighting the wrong fight. And that's what I want to talk about. I'm sure all of you know our Australian anthem. I've been singing it since I was a little girl. We used to sing it at school. We used to sing it um, in all of the jobs I've had as a teacher. You know, the first two lines are so paramount. Australians all let us rejoice for we are young and free. Now, the second line of our anthem exists because once upon a time, freedom was the greatest held value in our country and in all Western countries, in Western civilization. People always, always flee communist countries to come to our Western countries for one reason, because here we're free. Do you see people leaving these free countries to go live in communist dictatorships? You know, Joe Rogan said in his podcast this week, and I quote him, we have to protect our freedom at all cost, whether you agree with people's decision or not. Freedom is the foundation that this country was founded on. People think it's not the main thing we should be focused on. Of course, what, what's happening right now with us is there's this huge focus around safety, but freedom is what makes this country amazing. Freedom is the foundation of our ingenuity, our creativity. It's what makes us who we are. It's what makes us Australian. We've come to take it for granted because we've forgotten, or perhaps it hasn't been taught to us enough, that nearly every other country just a few hundred years ago were actually ruled by dictators. What we have now, we take it for granted because it's been like that our whole lives, but it's actually rare and it's special. But freedom is being exchanged for safety. Keep safe, keep safe, keep safe. It's being drummed into us everywhere we go. You can't even go to the shops without reading it on the floor, on the doors, um, signs hanging up everywhere as you walk in. Now, I do have a lot to say about freedom and safety, but that's going to be a whole 
other episode probably next week. But let's just say for now that safety versus freedom is such an important issue for us to unpack. And quotes have gone down in history about the whole thing on which is the most important, you know, safety or freedom. Benjamin Franklin, one of the founding fathers of America, he said, quote, those who would give up essential liberty to purchase a little temporary safety deserves neither liberty or safety. Thomas Jefferson, another founding father, quote, when the people fear the government, we have tyranny. When the government fears the people, you have liberty. Well, I'm afraid that we right now have got a case of us, the Australian people, fearing the government because the government is certainly not fearing us, the Australian people. And we are starting to look more like a a country that's ruled by tyranny than freedom. And I want to unpack that today. And I really fear that if we don't stop fighting one another and start fighting shoulder to shoulder for our freedom, we're going to regret it. There is a reason why tens of thousands of Australians are gathering in every city and marching. I've never seen that in my lifetime, not that many people on a consistent basis. We know that something is wrong. Don't you feel it in your heart? I know I do. Something doesn't feel right because something isn't right. Freedom is our birthright. It was won by thousands of Australians giving their lives. It's up to us if we will give our lives now to pass that on to the next generation. And I haven't even started about the fact that we are meant to be a democracy. So let's look at what's threatening our freedom. Like even today, there was an article that came up in the Courier Mail here in Queensland. And the title of it was, or the little caption on on Courier Mail on Facebook was, the Premier is facing a grilling over the decision to open the border for NRL WAGs, wives and girlfriends, in case you didn't know what that was, while Queenslanders have been locked out of their own state as a protester sends state parliament into lockdown. If you think that there's something wrong with that, That's because your gut is correct. There is something wrong when people who are a resident of our state are locked out and not allowed back in from other states into our state, and yet the NRL wives and girlfriends and families are personally chartered in a private plane and brought into our state. There is something really wrong with that, and I cannot believe that instead of us fighting for, you know, against things like this that are wrong, we're fighting one another. And I guess I want to wake us up to that today. So there's a lot of other news coming through right now, including comments from our own Prime Minister, our Christian Prime Minister, by the way, that should be disturbing all of us because the the, the story that they're clearly telling is that none of us are actually free. And that's what I've called today, why none of us are free. Now, our church has studied the Ten Commandments. I've talked about that before. And the fact that what those commandments really were, were not a bunch of rules and laws, but really a love letter from God to his people, that if everyone followed those 10 things, those slaves would instead live free. That was how God had designed for them to live. They'd been slaves for hundreds of years, and God sent Moses to go to Pharaoh with the message, let my people go. I've said it before, the Bible from cover to cover is about freedom, our inner personal freedom, but also our outward freedom. And what do we have now in our country under a Christian prime minister? 
We instead have a country divided and a nation fighting one another and even friends and family fighting one another on masks and lockdowns and vaccinations. We're having the wrong fight. We should be fighting united for freedom because the reality is none of us are free right now. Now, perhaps when you have grandparents who lived in Europe in World War II like I did, and I've heard stories from their own mouths since I was a child, I recognize more quickly what is happening around us. And I've been saying it for a while. I've been thinking it for a while. But the further along this journey we're going, the more my conviction in my heart, I'm like, yes, what I'm seeing is I'm not crazy. Freedom is crucial because it allows us to be ourselves. It allows us to work together while maintaining autonomy. That's what's so beautiful about our country. Freedom is important because it's the opposite the opposite of it is detrimental to our well-being and it's in, inconsistent with who we are. I mean, you just look at the people in Victoria that have been locked down for over 200 days now in 18 months. And what is suffering the most is their well-being because it goes against our nature to be controlled. Now, freedom, according to the Collins Dictionary, is the state of being allowed to do what you want to do. We're not in a country that that is possible right now. Our society is actually rooted in freedom, but it's never more than a generation away from extinction. That's a quote from Ronald Reagan. Now, last week in the Courier Mail and all sorts of other news sources across the country, again, our Prime Minister confirmed, and I quote, Businesses will be able to refuse entry to unvaccinated would-be customers. Now, Scott Morrison stressed that under existing property law, businesses have the right to deny entry to unvaccinated people. Then he said, it's got nothing to do with ideology or these issues around liberty. Now, how interesting that while he is suggesting that businesses can refuse to serve people who don't do what his government says that they should do, he also in the very next breath says, oh, but by the way, this is not about liberty. Um, it sounds a lot like something to do with liberty to me. When you threaten to restrict Australian people from accessing businesses, that has everything to do with our liberty. And as if the hypocrisy couldn't get any worse, when a Liberal representative was, sorry, yeah, when a Liberal representative was asked if vaccines would be mandatory for the Prime Minister's Liberal and National politicians, the answer was they were encouraged to have the vaccine, but, and of course, you know, the way that politicians answer, they never actually say no, but all all he said was that they were encouraged, aka, no, they're not going to be mandated. So now he is deciding who must adhere to his decisions and who doesn't have to adhere to his decision. So I ask you again, does it still have nothing to do with liberty, Prime Minister? Now, August 27, it was reported that the vaccine will be compulsory for teachers in New South Wales from November onwards. And when asked what would happen if teachers refused to be vaccinated, Premier Gladys Berejiklian said, and I quote, that they are working through how to deal with that. I have no doubt they've got a plan about that. So if you are a teacher in New South Wales, and this is close to my heart because I am a teacher and I've been teaching for 20 years, but if you are a teacher in New South Wales and you are not vaccinated by November, you will most likely have to take leave without pay, which is, I know has happened to a few teachers already. 
Does this still sound like it's not an issue of liberty and freedom? Be vaccinated or lose your job? I do not even recognize my own country. And it makes me sad and it actually makes me really angry. I've been a teacher for over 20 years. Are you kidding me? And believe me, this is going to come to every state if we don't start fighting. So if I don't get the vaccine, the government then can tell me that I can't teach anymore. Now, I want to be really clear about something. This is not a discussion or an opinion about the vaccine. I'm not going to give you my my opinion or anything about the vaccine because I don't think I've got the right to do that. In fact, this is a discussion about the complete opposite. It's a discussion about you and me being free to make our own personal choice according to what we are comfortable with. I will fight for you. And this is what this podcast series is. It is me fighting for you to be able to make your own personal choice, whatever that choice is. This is about us supporting one another in that and to live our life no matter what we choose and to be able to live it equally and freely, not to be punished one way or the other or rewarded one way or the other. Get the vaccine. Don't get the vaccine. That is completely up to you and your personal choice and conviction. But to be coerced to take it, to keep our freedom, that is not freedom at all. Taking the vaccine to be allowed to keep freedom or not taking the vaccine and therefore giving up our freedom actually means none of us are free. What freedom is, is being allowed to decide either way without consequence, without being disadvantaged, no matter what. If only some of us are free, then it means that in our country, none of us are free. Just listen to that again. Because remember, we are in this together. We, we are Australian. We are united. We should be united. And if only some of us are free, then it means actually none of us are free. What is going to happen is we are going to create a two-tier society where one group is privileged and one group is discriminated against. That is just unbelievable and unacceptable to me. It is wrong for any government or any other person to mandate something like a vaccine or to discriminate against those who aren't comfortable with it either way. It's also wrong for someone to feel like they want to have it and for someone to discriminate against them. So it goes both ways. Now, the vaccine being experimental is fact. That is unarguable. That is why it has an EUA, emergency use approval, because it's experimental. So let's define what an EUA is. So it's an authorization granted to either the FDA, which is the Food and Drug Administration body in America. Here in Australia is the TGA, the Therapeutic Goods Administration. So it's an authorization granted to them to allow the use of a drug prior to approval. It does not constitute approval of the drug, but facilitates the use of the unapproved product during a declared state of emergency, which is what we're in with the pandemic, a declared state of emergency. Now, according to the Reuters fact check, April 2021, when the pandemic is over, the EUA will cease 
and vaccine manufacturers will then need to apply for full US FDA approval. All right. So it's only once the pandemic is over that the EUA will cease and then they can actually apply for proper approval. Now, let's get back here to Australia and let me quote our federal health minister, Minister Greg Hunt. Now, he said this in February of this year in an interview with journalist David Spears, and I quote, the world is engaged in the largest clinical trial, the largest vaccination trial ever, and we will have enormous amounts of data, unquote. So it's experimental because proper long-term human trials have not been conducted and long-term data has not been collected. So because of that, every human being needs to be able to make their own mind up whether they're willing to take that risk or not take that risk. And it's up to every individual person to have the right and the freedom to be able to do that. And what we need to do is to stop shaming and vilifying people either way. Now, I've had many people come into my inbox, both for and against, you know, some who have had the vaccine, some who have not had it, and both sides are telling me that they are being shamed either way, which is really disappointing. We need to stop it. We need to do what Australia does best and stand up for one another and refuse to be divided and allow people the freedom of their own choice. You know, when the HPV, the cervical cancer vaccine came out, we didn't all go around posting about it if we had it or not. I don't. I don't think I know one person that put up a. I think they call it a vac. What do they call it? A vaccine, not a vaccine. The the selfie vaccines they're doing now. But I didn't see anyone talking about it because your medical information is your private medical information. You know, and then we didn't proceed to judge and shame people either way, whether they had it or whether they didn't. It was a personal decision based on every person's conviction. But the reason I think it's happening at the moment is, and it's and it's happening so publicly, um, and we're, we're becoming so divided, is because of what the government and the media are doing. They're making a focused, intentional effort to play one narrative, and that narrative is get vaccinated, and at a certain percent, we will give you back your freedoms. But to restrict people based on their medical status is wrong. And remember, I'm going to say it again and again, so I don't want anyone coming into my inbox saying the opposite to me. This is not a vaccine discussion. This is a freedom discussion. You are free to choose to do what you want, but restricting people based on that medical status, it is flat out wrong and no one can convince me otherwise. It's unconstitutional. It is against our basic human freedoms. And considering it's a trial, an experimental medical procedure, it also goes against the Global Nuremberg Code, which I'll get into in, in another podcast, which, by the way, I'm pretty sure Australia didn't actually sign into, but a lot of other countries did. I bet we're going to regret that. Um, so restricting people in any way based on their medical status is actually tyranny. Forcing a medical procedure against a person's will or by coercion or manipulation is wrong. And I've heard this before. We all have. I'm reading a really good book at the moment, and um, it's actually called Hitler's Youth. And I'm just really fascinated with looking back into history because we should be learning from history. And I've just had this huge eye-opener reading this book that the war actually didn't begin in 1939 because I've always had this question. How seriously could so many people have you know, been murdered the way that they were in, in World War II 
without anyone seeming to stop it or stand up against it. Like I, I, it's just unfathomable that that happened. But reading this book is really opening my eyes that the war really began years earlier, probably around 1933. I'm not talking about the physical war, but this is when there were major shifts happening in society that paved the way for what was to come. So in 1935, anti-Semitism became Nazi government policy. And over the next three years, the Nazis passed a series of laws called the Nuremberg Race Laws, which is where the Nuremberg Code later came from. So let me just stop and explain what this is. So in 1935, the Nazis, which by the way, stands for the National Socialist Party, passed some laws which stated you could only be a citizen of Germany if you were of German or related blood. Now, what this did was it changed the everyday lives of non-Germans. In other words, it changed the everyday lives of the Jews. It made them legally different. Now, some of these laws, there were about three laws that were passed. One of them was against their names. So they were only allowed to be called by law Jewish names if they were Jewish. The second one was around their passports. So all of the Jews had to hand in their German passport. It became invalid and they had to be issued a new passport with the letter J stamped on it. And then the police regulation came in 1941, where by law, if you were a Jew, you had to wear a yellow star. If you ever look at photographs in history, all of the Jews are standing there with this big yellow star pinned to them. And I often used to wonder, why did they, why didn't they just rip it off? But it actually was law that they had to wear that or they would have been disobeying the law. So let me continue from this book. I quote, the laws stripped German Jews of their citizenship, declaring them non-Germans. Now the laws therefore prevented Jews from using public parks, swimming pools, concert halls, and transportation. The laws forbade them from employment in certain professions denied Jewish children an education, and made marriage between Jews and the Aryans illegal. Uh, The Aryans were those of German blood. The Jews' identity cards and passports were marked with a J for Jude, which was the German word for Jew, unquote, end of quote. Now, am I comparing what is going on now with the Holocaust? Please hear me. The Holocaust, it deserves to stand on its own. It was one of the worst times in history. There are other also major atrocities that have happened in history. But what I am saying is that I'm starting to see similar principles at work, particularly in the years leading up. Now, sometimes I see people say, how dare anyone compare Hitler to what is happening now? No, but you can discern the spirit behind something. And the same spirit that allowed certain atrocities to happen seems to be the same spirit at work now. We have a government who is telling us what to do. And then if we don't, they're going to start to withdraw basic human freedoms. Same principle. And like I said, World War II never started in 1939. It started in about 1933 with a government that combined its ideology, its legislation and cultural manipulation. What we're seeing on social media is cultural manipulation. We're seeing all three of these at work today. The ideology of safety, states legislating all sorts of insanity from kids wearing masks to being told that grandparents can't babysit their grandchildren. And of course, I just spoke about cultural manipulation. So we should all be really concerned. 
when uni students such as nurses are told that they will not be allowed to go on their placement and therefore will fail their course if they don't get vaccinated and yet it still hasn't been mandated for all actual workers and staff in hospitals such as nurses, this is a disgrace. It's not compulsory, really? No, no, of course not. You're just going to fail your course and have to kiss your career goodbye. That is an outright stripping of a person's freedom to be denied employment in a certain career until you obey the government. What about the 24,000 year 12 students that live in the eight LGA areas, the local government areas of concern in New South Wales, who were told a few weeks ago that in order to sit their HSC, they needed to get vaccinated? Remember Brad Hazard's bizarre speech, you get to be a star, go for gold like our Olympians and roll up your sleeve? What? Okay. So did that mean they couldn't sit their HSC if they weren't vaccinated? I don't know because nobody actually asked or answered that question. Believe me, if I were a parent there, I'd be going, hang on a second, can my child still sit it even if they don't get vaccinated? But I can't seem to find that little bit of interesting information anywhere. What they were told was in order to sit their exams, they needed to be vaccinated. I don't know if that was a suggestion, a mandate. Your guess is as good as mine. Now, parents must have assumed if they needed to get um you know, the vaccine to get their HSC, the reverse must also be true. Now, let me quote to you an article from the 6th of August of this year, just a couple of weeks ago. Now, in this same article, it says three different things. So no wonder we're all confused. Um, and I've got links to, the, to this if anyone wants to see it. Let me quote this article. One little paragraph says this, Schools in those eight LGAs of concern are being asked to prepare for the return of pupils in coming weeks once they have been vaccinated. Okay, that's one paragraph. Then a paragraph later, the same article says, quote, Obviously, the students who live in those eight local government areas of concern will not be able to have any face-to-face -face time for the foreseeable future until otherwise advised. Sorry? I'm confused. Hey, 24,000 students in the LGAs, get vaccinated so you can sit your exams and go back to school. Oh, but obviously those students in the same HGLAs cannot return to school for exams only face-to-face. -face. Sorry, they can't return to school for exams or face-to-face. -face. What? And wait, hang on, there's another paragraph in the same article, but we do have a plan. It's a new plan. Thanks for rolling up your sleeve, Year 12 students, but I quote from the same article, quote, Year 12 students in Greater Sydney will sit assessments and trial HSC exams from home under a revised, more flexible pandemic blueprint revealed by the New South, South Wales government. Whoops. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> um, they prepared a huge arena. We rolled out the health guide, Brad, to tell everyone they can be an Olympic star and go for gold by getting the jab so they can sit their exams, only to now be told our new plan, guys, for online exams is being prepared. That is, if I were a parent in New South Wales, I'd be going crazy. I'd be going mental right now at the chopping and changing of information. We should all be allowed to choose without fear of being restricted from basic human rights like shopping or traveling or sitting exams to receive our HSC. And this 
should astound every single Australian. We are being held up, by the way, as an example all around the world, what is happening here. Now, instead of being divided about opinions on a vaccine, what we need to be is united in the fight for our freedoms. Because I can promise you one thing, they will not stop at taking freedoms from the unvaccinated. Freedoms, by the way, if you look back in history, they're always taken slowly. That's how it works. Check history. For those who have been vaccinated, more and more will be demanded of those people to keep those freedoms. But what happens is people don't care about other people's freedoms. They don't care if someone else's freedoms are taken away. In fact, they often celebrate it. And I've seen that on social media, media, celebrating the introduction of the vaccine passport. But we should all be very careful because by the time our freedoms are being attacked for those who have had the vaccine, it might just be too late. So very rarely is freedom taken overnight. It always happens slowly over time. I was watching, and I think I've said this in a podcast before, but I was watching a documentary called The Last Days where they were interviewing a whole group of Jewish people who are now old, um, who were children when all of this, when World War II happened. And someone asked, you know, why didn't you run? Why didn't you escape? And this Jewish lady said, it's because they didn't see it coming because their freedoms were taken slowly, bit by bit, and they just thought it would go away until it was too late to fight back. It's not too late right now for us to, for us to fight back. You know, if we look at history, let's, let's take a look back at history again. What is history if it's not there for us to learn and a lesson and to avoid the mistakes of the past? Do you know that Hitler's major strategy was to use the youth? Do you know in 1933, he had about 50,000 youth join Hitler Youth? By the end of that year, he had 2 million. And by 1939, 90% of children and youth were part of the Hitler Youth. And what we saw in those years from 33 to 39 was a slow taking of the freedoms, not just of the Jewish people, but of the German youth also. Do you know he even banned eventually all other youth groups from meeting. Very interesting. So if you ask those that joined Hitler Youth, they said that their independence and originality were also discouraged and compliance and obedience were demanded. And that's pretty much what's happening right now, compliance. We have to comply. We have to obey. Uh, And if they didn't, they were heavily punished. Now, Hitler censored the radio. He censored magazines and newspapers. The youth were only allowed to listen to special Hitler youth broadcasts on official Nazi radio sets called the People's Radio. If they even read a book that was not approved, they were punished. So they were not allowed freedom of thought. Does this sound familiar? Is anyone trying to think and research for themselves right now? And if you do and you post something, and I've seen it over and over again, then they're called conspiracy theorists. If we post information different to the government, it's labelled misinformation. Big tech is now the new regime censoring people, pulling down videos and posts that don't align with them. Did you know that the Prime Minister of New Zealand, Jacinta Ardern, said, and I quote, we will continue to be your single source of truth. What? Let Let me quote that again, Jacinta Ardern. We, meaning her government, will continue to be your single source of truth. 
By the way, good luck finding that on Google. I had to use DuckDuckGo to find that exact quote. But shouldn't that tell you something? If a government starts telling us that they need to be our only source of truth, we should be a hell of a lot worried. So let me say it again. The vaccinated are not free. The vaccinated are buying freedom. And is it going to stop it too? How many boosters? What else do we need to do to keep our freedom? And let me say again, people who are not vaccinated are also not free because the unvaccinated have exchanged freedom for personal autonomy. So some of us have bought it and some of us have had it taken. Let me say that again. Some of us have bought it. Some of us have had it taken. Either way, none of us are free. And our Prime Minister is not only letting this happen, he's encouraging it. The other day he said, referring to ending lockdowns, that they would keep their end of the bargain and so the Australian people needed to keep our end, aka get vaccinated. But hang on, we never agreed to that bargain. That bargain was forced upon us. Just just this week, there was an article in The Age discussing the cases in Victoria and the possibility of opening up again. And the Chapel Street Precinct precinct General Manager, Chrissy Mouse, said in this article, and I quote, our businesses are ready and willing to jump through any hoop to reopen safely. The sooner we do so, the better for livelihoods and everyone's mental health and well-being, she said. Ms. Mouse said New South Wales had the right mix, learning to live with the virus while dangling a freedom carrot to supercharge COVID-19 vaccination rates. What a disturbing quote. It's there in black and white. People will do anything to get their freedom back. And what is the freedom carrot? Vaccines. Except freedom should never, ever, ever be in someone else's hands, let alone a government to dangle before you if you do what they say. Freedom is your human right. Freedom is your birthright. Freedom is not there to take away. In fact, the government are there or should be there to protect our freedom. So don't be fooled. For those who have had the vaccine, you've willingly now put your freedom in the government's hands. They can now demand anything of you for uh, you to be allowed to keep it. And the funny thing is, so for those who haven't been vaccinated, your freedoms are also in the government's hands. Now, this is what's crazy to me. Crazy freedoms have been granted in all these other areas. If a girl wants to identify as a boy, go for it. A boy wants to identify as a girl, go for it. A trans woman wants to compete against biological girls in sport, go for it. Feel free. You want want to identify as gender fluid and make up another 75,000 million genders? Absolutely. Want to make your own health decision about an experimental medical procedure? Nope. Naughty, naughty. You can't do that. What were you thinking? Can you not see what they're doing to us? They are creating a segregated society, a they and an us, the vaccinated and the unvaccinated. And do you know this is exactly, like I said before, what they did with with the youth in World War II. They checked their bloodlines. They separated the youth into the pure and the impure. Only healthy boys and girls of Aryan descent were allowed to join. Aryan, by the way, was Nordic or Caucasian with no mix of Jewish ancestry. And anyone who had any Jewish heritage, they were not allowed to join the Hitler Youth. Even if you had half or three-quarter German blood, you were not allowed to join. 
Even if they were good Nazis who supported the cause, not allowed to join, they separated the youth. Non-members, aka the Jewish or the impure, were considered outcasts and faced limited school and work opportunities. You can find any of this information in the National Archives. Can you see a correlation here? Can you see the same spirit at work? They're separating us, the vaccinated, the unvaccinated. They're pitting us against each other, the worthy and the unworthy. People are posting vaxies, that's the word I was looking for before, um, to prove that they're morally superior, that they're doing the right thing to keep people safe. They're the members, the good ones, the ones who are, by the way, publicly patted on the back by our Prime Minister every single day, Keep it up, Australia. The unvaccinated, however, you are the outcasts and now are facing limited movements. And now on top of that, we're facing vaccination passports. Again, seen it before, been there, done that. The Hitler Youth got the Arnen Pass. This was a stamped, well, everyone got this, by the way, but I'm focusing on youth, a stamped and signed official document that proved your racial background. Sound familiar? My grandparents told me over and over again they had to keep their papers, their passports on them at all times to prove that they were Dutch. My nana told me the story of when she lost hers for three days once. She felt sick to her gut. She was petrified for those three days because if she was pulled aside and asked for her papers but couldn't produce them, she knew that she would be in danger of being sent to a concentration camp. So what do we do? Well, First, we need to be aware of what's really going on. Be aware that no matter where our convictions lie on any of these matters, masks, lockdowns, vaccines, whatever it is, we are all on the same side, guys, because we lose or gain our freedoms together. We have to be aware of what the real fight is. And then after becoming aware, we need to stand together united. Start fighting together instead of fighting against. Don't let them rip our countries, our family sorry, our country and our families and our friendships apart. We're better than that. You know, that that beautiful song, I am, we are, you are Australian. We should be so proud of that. On our social media, stop fighting. Stop making hateful comments about those who don't agree with you. Stop telling other people what to do and what loving your neighbor is. Tell you what, those posts make me really annoyed. Like no one else has got it right to tell you that. If you have a business, refuse to allow segregation and make it known that you will always serve everyone. You know, you and I, we might be one voice, just one little voice, but like a stone cast on the water, that is how the ripple begins. The other thing we can do, drop into our leaders' social media, all of the government leaders, be respectful, but be loud and clear. Say to them, we're against what you're doing. We're against being mandated. We're against being told. We're against vaccine passports because that means an end to our autonomy. We're for freedom. Send emails to your state and federal member and mostly be kind to one another. Refuse to let them divide us. You know, I'll just finish with this because this one's gone a bit longer today, but there's just so much to say. And I'm really sorry if you can hear that clicking and clanging. That is Cameron going in and out of my fence. I'm like, do it quietly. Um, But in our Youth Alive Academy, the students come and talk to me often. And again, some have had the vaccine, some have not. And guess what? 
they all feel equally, equally loved and supported by us and by one another because they know we are a family and we are each acting according to our convictions and that's okay. And we refuse to allow it to divide us. We talk openly. We show love for one another. We use a lot of humor at times. We don't judge one another. We make sure each other is okay. We have each other's backs no matter what. I have people coming into my DMs all the time, so worried, so anxious, feeling sick to their gut, not about the virus, um, not even about the vaccine, but about what is happening to our country, about the way we're being divided, the threat to our freedoms, both the vaccinated and unvaccinated are worried about there being no coming back once passports are introduced. And yet some others seem to be apathetic because they feel that they just have no say anyway, so they're just accepting. But I just want to say to you today, don't give up. And let me finish with a beautiful quote from Ronald Reagan. Well, it's not so much beautiful. It should be a call to arms. It's a a powerful quote. And this is what he said. Freedom is never more than one generation away from extinction. We didn't pass it on to our children in their bloodstream. It must be fought for protected and handed on for them to do the same. So let's do that together. Thanks guys for being with me and make sure that you come back for episode two of Freedom Chronicles and please share this far and wide. I love you guys. I'm standing with you guys. I am praying for you and I'm praying for our country and our leaders every single day. So please be encouraged. Please don't be afraid. Please don't be anxious. Please, I really am praying peace and courage on your heart today, and I will be back with you next week. Bye.